It's a very good afternoon. Niall Boyle with you for the next hour or so. Uh, lots to get through, by the way. But first, can I just say a congratulations to my good bobbly head friend here, Mr. Donald Trump. Because, of course, a great victory last night for Donald Trump. He became the uh, the former president, became the, the first non-incumbent to win both the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. No Republican has won both and failed to take the party's nominations. So it looks like it's a shoe in for Donald Trump when it comes to nominations. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be a repeat of the last election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden if he makes it that far. It's going to be very interesting, of course, because as we mentioned yesterday when we spoke to Michael Walsh, um, when it comes to the election, of course, the last election was held during COVID and Joe Biden didn't have to go out and stand up on stages, etc., etc., etc. It'll be interesting to see if the man is even capable of that now. We'll wait and see. But I think at this stage, the lefties are crying into their breakfast cereal as we speak with the very thought that Donald Trump will become the next president of the United States. And if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would have money on Donald Trump at this stage because I'm pretty sure um, he is going to be the winner. He is way ahead in the polls and it certainly looks like the Americans want change and Biden is not going to give them that. I think probably a lot of Americans have regretted voting for Biden at this stage because America is a disaster when it comes to immigration, when it comes to crime, when it comes to policing, when it comes to everything at the moment. America, sadly, is a disaster. Donald Trump has promised and vowed to fix all of that. Now, that's not what we're talking about today, by the way. And again, can I just say, we hit the amount of emails we get from people who want to know, do we sell the bobbleheads? The little Trump, Trumpinators. They're really well made, by the way, as I said, they're steel. But we don't, we don't actually sell them, no. You can buy them online. That's just our little mascot. I'll just leave him there. He's staying there, by the way, till next January, till Donald Trump is the president. And then actually we might just leave him there anyway, just for the fun. Now, we want to talk about Ukrainians today. Um, but it is expected that the Integration Minister, Roger Gorman, will bring proposals for six new asylum centres or reception centres for asylum seekers to the Cabinet in the next week or two. While the new white paper is expected to lay out the requirement for the six large and more permanent accommodation centres, it's understood that the proposals would not include locations for where the new centres will be located. A uh, government spokesperson was unable to clarify when the six new centres will open or if the location of each will be identified before the local and European elections in June. It is expected that the matter will be discussed at Cabinet at a subcommittee meeting on Ukraine that will be held on Thursday afternoon. Now, the government has stressed that they need to move to a more permanent accommodation for asylum seekers rather than relying on the hotel and tourism industry. Also today, by the way, in the Oireachtas, reduced payments for Ukrainian refugees are expected to be cut to 38.80 from early February. And that's according to the Irish Mirror today. The Cabinet decided before Christmas that they would change the rules for newly arriving refugees. There's the key word, newly arriving refugees. We'll come back to that in a minute. This will include cutting the weekly welfare payment from 220 to 38.80. Additional char changes will limit the length of time a person can stay and spend in state-provided accommodation up to 90 days. Social Protection Minister Heather Humphreys will uh, take and discuss the legislation to reduce the payments for the newly arriving Ukrainian refugees as we speak in the Oireachtas Social Protection Committee uh, this morning. It's understood if passed, the reduced payment will come into effect, as I said, in early February. It's expected that the Integration Minister Roger Gagon will be bringing proposals for these six new reception centres very soon. Now, additionally, new arrivals will only be accommodated for 90 days. And like every other citizen, I assume they will have to go to the Department of Housing or Social Welfare, you know, if they're here for more than 90 days to find somewhere to live if they haven't worked. 
Many are asking if the new payment and accommodation rule will only apply to the, or will it apply to the already 110,000 roughly Ukrainian refugees in Ireland, the majority of whom, by the way, are not working. Only 17,000 have actually gained employment. Really high unemployment rate. I have no idea why. Maybe if they feel that they get a job, they lose their payments. I don't know. Ukrainian refugees have received more than 750 million in welfare payments from the Department of Social Protection since the beginning of the conflict. And a total of 21 million was paid to Ukrainian asylum seekers under the supplementary welfare system, uh, which provides cash payments for specific expenses. Uh, in other words, clothes and stuff like that. Um, Ukrainian refugees were also paid nearly 12.7 million in disability allowance during the same period, along with 6.4 million in carers allowance, which applies to individuals looking after someone due to their age, illness or disability. Just over 51 million was given to international protection applicants in the form of a one-parent family payment, which provides a weekly allowance of 232 plus up to 54 for each dependent child. And parents were also paid 8.8 million for back-to-school education or back-to-education clothing footwear allowance scheme, which provides up to 385 per eligible child. In other words, they're getting everything that anybody else as an Irish citizen would be entitled to. A government spokesperson was able to uh, was unable to clarify uh, exactly how many people were on the payment. And I'm looking here, by the way, from last July, the Irish government set aside 5.5 billion to support Ukrainian refugees. Five companies, you might have noticed in the paper, that they were paid more than 100 million by the state for housing refugees and asylum seekers for six months last year. 100 million. Paid more than 100 million in just six months. That was according to disclosures of the Irish Mail on Sunday. A total of 184 companies were paid more than 1 million in state contracts for the first six months of 2023, sharing a total combined payment of 650 million. A massive multi-million payout does not include the dozens of other firms and businesses who are also paid uh, less than a million. I don't know. A lot of people are saying, okay, this is a great thing. But some I've seen some comments online saying we're losing compassion and that we shouldn't be reducing the payment by that much. Now, if you look across Europe, payments differ and vary anywhere between €9 Euro right up to about 100 We are the highest, by the way, at 220 with nowhere pays 220. There are one or two countries that actually pay a one-off payment at the start of two or 300 quid and then you're on your own. And they don't even give them accommodation. You got to go get a job somewhere. But we don't do that. We will just keep paying them and paying them and paying them, accommodating them and accommodating them. But there seems to be no end to it. Now, some people will say that's great because that's the humanitarian thing to do. Or others will say, well, hold on a second. We have a limited amount of money. And for whatever reason, the majority of Ukrainians don't seem to be working. Only 17,000 are employed. Now, you have to take into consideration out of the 110,000, a large number of those are children as well, by the way. Um, but there's still 80,000 roughly who are adults and only 17,000 are employed. Many of those might be over employment age. Let's take away a few more, even if it was 50,000 of employment age. Between, I think it is, uh, between 20 and 25 years of age, the majority are men, by the way, surprisingly enough, uh, because we were told at the start there was not going to be any men. Uh, actually coming to the country was going to be women and children and uh, old age pensioners because men between 18 and 65 have to stay and fight in the war. Um, but seemingly there's a lot of exemptions for that, for disabilities and all sorts of things. But the bottom line is, there seems to be a very low employment rate. Maybe they're planning to go home again. I don't know. I want to know, have we lost our compassion? The question really today is, I want you to text 85 55 That's 85 55 Should we be reducing the payment 
for new arrivals or Ukrainians coming the, to the country from 220 to only 38 euro. Should we be reduced the payment or is that too little? Let me know what you think. Now, let me go to uh, Maliki Steenson, who is running for election this year and also has quite a lot to say when it comes to this. Maliki, uh, you know, some people are saying we're losing compassion. Are we losing compassion? Well, firstly, before we do that, Niall, I'm just going to join in your congratulations there for Donald Trump, the next president of the US. Um, and let's move quickly to November. I also want to, while we're in the congratulatory mode, uh, congratulate Ben Scannell and Grit for getting that fabulous interview with Elon Musk, which will certainly put the cat among the pigeons with the, the hate speech legislation. Yes, it certainly rattled the cages of the government this morning with Elon Musk saying to Ben Scallon last night that he will fund any uh, court challenge to the hate speech laws. And, and that's very welcome because the problem in challenging the state is the state has unlimited pockets of our money and those of us who oppose the state never have a penny. So somebody like Elon Musk coming in who has more that. Who has more money than the state. <laughs> exactly. And at least it's his own money. Yeah. But Malik, I don't know whether you're on a speak, are you on a speakerphone or something like that because it's a little bit echoey, but go on anyway. So getting back to you, Ukrainians. One of the things you said when you were doing the list of, of stuff that Ukrainians get, and you said um, after you've done the, the bit about, say, back to school announcement, you said that all Irish people get these things. Any Irish people who get those things are means tested. So most people who are employed don't get the back to school loans and don't get any of them other benefits. So the, the problem with Ukrainians in relation to that is they're just giving it carte blanche. It doesn't matter whether they're driving a brand new Porsche or a, a BMW or whatever. It's not means tested. They're just giving those payments full stop. I, I, I was surprised at the 21.4 million that was paid under the Supplementary Welfare Allowance Scheme, which provides cash payments for specific items. Um, and also just under 2.6 million of that was for clothing. I mean, are we suggesting that every Ukrainian well, coming to Ireland is skint? What? I'm surprised that you're surprised at that because we've been pointing this out from the very beginning. This is a, a whole transfer of wealth from the taxpayers of this country, the people of this country, to a new demographic that they're bringing in. And, you know, the, the question you posed initially was, have we lost our compassion? We have compassion. We have compassion for the, the 13,000 people who are homeless. Irish natives who can't find somewhere to live. We have compassion for the Irish people who are living on the streets, who have nowhere to go. We have compassion for the thousands of people on housing or on um, hospital waiting lists who can't get access to treatment because, firstly, the HSE is the most dysfunctional health system in the world. And now we have increased the population in 20 years by over 1.5 million, yet we haven't even built a hospital to deal with that. You know, <coughs> there, there's something fundamentally wrong. So our compassion and our concern has to forcefully go to our own people. And it's not good enough to say to, to John and Mary and Glass Nevin, well, your daughter's after training to be a, a nurse or a doctor or whatever, but they can take a hike. They can go to Australia or they can go to England because they can't afford to buy a house here to live in. We saw the figures the other day where a guard and a nurse, which was obviously the, the two kind of state employees that were put together, Mm -hmm. They can't even afford to buy a house on their income in this country, the country where they were born and the country that they're working for and the country that educated and trained. So there's something fundamentally wrong. So our compassion as an Irish people is to our own people, to those people who are contributing to this society, who've been educated here, 
who are prepared to work in the hospitals and the schools and the guards and all of those other sectors and indeed to create our own businesses and to fund our own lifestyle. And by the way, can, 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 can I ask, in, in, in relation to the very high unemployment rate, in relation to the very high unemployment rate of Ukrainians, is that because they're in a social welfare trap, so to speak? In other words, if they get a job, well, then they won't be entitled to, say, the 800 allowance that they'll get if they're living in somebody's house or sharing a room in somebody's house, or they won't be entitled to the... Um, the 230 that they currently get, I mean, and and other benefits that they might get as well if they're working. Have we have we put them in a trap? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, hold on. If you take somebody who comes in and gets a job, um, comes in, say, through IPAS or, or Ukraine, their accommodation is paid for. So they can pay, if they get a job, they can work for less than somebody who has to provide their own accommodation. Because that, that huge cost is taken away from them and it's provided by the state. They're provided with food if they're in an IPAS centre. There's criteria around when, when people can walk in, in IPAS centres and you have to be here a certain amount of time and all of these things. But we're not important people who are going to, despite what the state says, we're not important the doctors and the scientists and, the, and these people into IPAS centres. We're, we're important people who in every other country they've been in, and many of these people are just flying over from London. You, you're, you're, ta- like, you're, you're not talking about Ukrainians, then. You're talking uh, about people seeking international protection. Yeah. Well, well, I would say that, that many of the Ukrainian people who are claiming to be Ukrainian... Are not. I'm well aware of that, yeah. They're not Ukrainian. You know, and then we'll be I, seen, I seen a photograph the other night, I think it was an RT News or something like that, of a group of Ukrainians who were moving into somewhere, I'm not going to say where it was, they weren't Ukrainians. <laughs> no, and it's the same that we've been told, for instance, that um, a huge amount of, these are people seeing war in, in, in various different countries and all of that. And yet we know that the, the, one of the biggest countries um, for um, IPAS applicants is Georgia, a country that's getting ready to join the European Union, which is supposed to be stable and all of these things. So, Okay, but, we, okay, but I, want, I want to get back to the payment because we're kind of going kind off of venturing off into different areas. And I, and I understand that we've talked about a lot of that stuff before and we will talk about it again in the future. The payment, just to clarify, because a lot of people seem to be missing out on this. So the 110,000 Ukrainians, roughly, that are already here in Ireland, they're on 230 quid, plus if they're getting the 800 quid, some of them will be getting the 800 quid allowance depending on where they're staying or they'll be getting accommodation. They get other allowances, which I've read out all the allowances there that they get as well. Will this new payment that will be signed by the Cabinet today, if indeed it is signed by the Cabinet today, which will be implemented in early February, will it apply to them or does it only apply to people from this point on? In other words, is it applied no, retrospectively? No, the T-shirt himself has said that it will only apply to new entrants. Well, then that's well, kind of pointless, isn't it? Because most of them are here already. Yeah, it's, it's optics now. It's the pretense that we're actually going to try and do something to limit the numbers. When in fact, it's just the usual wokeism. And I'll tell you what will happen as soon as that legislation is passed, that the woke liberals in the, in the state-funded NGO sector will be straight into the high court demanding that this be overturned. And, and, and there is questions about whether it, it can be overturned. And in the same way as they've gone to court, not for an Irish man sleeping in a tent um, along the Lithuania, along any of the canals, but for some IPAS applicants who haven't been immediately given accommodation and they've gone to the Six, high Yeah, 645, I think, in the last three weeks, yeah. And they spent, they spent my money and your money going to the high court to do that. You know, we need to defund all of these NGOs. 
and we need to, you know, totally change the way this society is okay. being run. And the first thing we have to do now is on the 5th of February, the St. Bridget's Bank holiday, we need to come along to the mass mobilization that we have called for. If you're a po- uh, um, at the Garden of Remembrance on the bank holiday Monday, the 5th of February, 2 o'clock, people need to come to that. If they're opposed to any of the government policy, if they're opposed, for instance, to the referendum, which takes, which, which seeks to, to remove mothers, the greatest asset we have, and something that we all have our hands, whether it's our own mother or the, the mother of our children, to stand up and protect those those mothers. If you're opposed to the open borders policy, then come along to that protest. If you're opposed to the homeless situation, um, where non-nationals are given precedence and priority over accommodation that's available, then come along on the 5th of February. And, you know, built into this new legislation is the 90-day period. Again, this is another... Well, well, I I assume that's just moving the problem from the Department of Integration to the Department of Housing. It's it's moving the problem from the Greens to Tina Fall. Because because we're not, I mean, after 90 days, they're not going to be chucked out in the street. No, but the the government department paying for their rent will be a separate government department. This is all about budget. Okay, well, well, do me a favor. Stay there for a second, Malachi, because I want to go to Carl. Well, Well, hang on, Malachi. I want to go to Carl Dieter as well. Carl, hi, how are you? Carl, are you there? Oh, for some reason, he ain't Oh, there. sorry, Niall. Sorry, oh, yeah. I was oh, holding yeah, the phone up to my cheek and I hit the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he's too busy making money, Malachi. That's what's wrong with him. Uh, okay. <laughs> Carl, in relation to this payment being reduced, now, it does seem to be only for new arrivals. It's not going to be applied retrospectively. The majority are probably already here in 110,000 on 230 quid. They're not probably going to reduce that. I don't know yet because we haven't seen what they're going to do. But... You know, a drop from two thirty to thirty-eight is that a big drop? Yeah, yeah, it is. Of course, it is. I mean, you don't need to be, you know, financially six times less. Yeah, six times less. Yeah. Uh, So, there's a few things I'd say. If it's not applied to everybody, that's completely everyone who who came here. It's completely wrong. That is a complete double standard, and it is ethically and morally wrong to treat someone differently because of when they fled a war. So, it should be the same for everybody. But I think we also have to start thinking about this. I mean, if it's if there's more than 100,000 refugees come from, from Ukraine, and this is just to talk about the sustainability of it, because I think that matters as well. If there's 100,000, and let's say two-thirds are getting 230 per, per week, that works out around 800 million a year. And we'll assume that between state expenditure of health, housing, administration, there's probably, and this is a bare minimum, at least 1,000 a month per person probably more being spent because anytime the state do anything, they, they blow the budget. Oh, and that will be about 1.2 billion a year. So that's 2 billion a year. That's more than half the budget we spend on justice or transport. Well, there's a story to, here. To I, I'm looking at a story here from last July. The Irish government sets aside 5.5 billion to support Ukrainian refugees. Yeah. Okay. So let's put that, let's put that in perspective then. 5.5 billion is the same as we spend on children, equality, dis, uh, disability, and integration. Okay. And it is not far off our entire housing budget. It's greater than our transport budget, our justice budget. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's about a quarter of our health budget. So these are not small numbers that we should be, you know, balking at everybody to make this sustainable. Everyone who comes here should be told, look, you're getting housed. You're mostly getting fed. You, you don't have electricity bills. You are fleeing a war. 
you're getting 38 a week. That is it across the board. And hopefully it keeps it sustainable. Is that is that not, a bit, is that not a bit mean? People are going to, well, Ukrainians are always going to say that's a bit mean. Um, is is that not a little bit too well, little? Okay, no. Okay, well, well, look, we can argue about the amount. I didn't make up the 230 and I didn't make up the 38. All I'm doing is commenting on them. I'm mm. not endorsing. I'm just explaining. Whatever the number is. Should it be mean, Sassy? Maliki makes a really good point. No, I, I, th- I, I think what would be mean would be to send them back to Ukraine into a war zone. I think what would be mean is to say, well, if you don't like it, we're going to deport you. You know, I think that would be pretty mean. But you're being you're being given safe haven and your needs, uh, you know, your needs are being met. Like there is no cases of Ukrainians starving, of, you know, being out freezing to death. There's, none of this stuff has been coming out. Like there's no story. But should we, yeah, but should we be putting more, yeah, but should we, Carl, should we be putting more pressure on people to get, actually get a job? Because there's a really high unemployment rate. Now, they've been here, most of them, you know, for a year at least, you know, uh, and yeah, yeah, I, the I employment think, think rate is really thing. low. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is, there's a few things. A, is that most Ukrainians uh, speak sufficient uh, either Russian or or English or other languages that are common on building sites here where they could be out working in construction or doing something. I think it's completely demoralizing to take uh, grown men and women and force them to not work when they could be earning and contributing to tax. So instead of well, they can work, they billion, have a PPS over. They could. <laughs> well, I don't know if, if if there are barriers to work permits nope. or if they take on a, a job that suddenly they lose some other benefit. I've never really understood. Like I'm not into this into into the intricacies of the rights or no, wrongs. There, there is uh, well, okay. There, well, let, let's be clear about this. They've been given an exemption. There is no barriers. They've been given a PPS number since the day they walked into Dublin Airport or wherever they happen to come from. So there is no barrier mm-hmm. to stopping them getting a job. They can integrate into society. They can get a job, um, just like anybody else. Now there is barriers in relation to people seeking international protection because there's limits on on what employment they can gain. But um, when it comes to Ukrainian refugees, there is no barriers. Well, then, then I think the question has to be asked, why, why, like, if we have a, a process for putting people into a system to help them get jobs, if you're Irish and unemployed, why do we not have the same thing for, you know, there's loads of jobs you can do if you don't have a tap of a language. Okay, well, do, do me a favor, Maliki and Carl, just stay there with me for two seconds, because I want to come to Joanne. Before I do that, I'll just take this quick break. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast, live, live every day, and available for download from all your usual platforms. The reason I want to go to Joanne very quickly because she needs to get a bus. Sorry, Joanne, I hear with you. No, it's it's fine. I decided to get the the next one. It's not for another hour. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joanne. You've heard Maliki and you've heard Carl. You know, Carl didn't make up the amounts. But, you know, he does agree that everybody should get the same amount. They shouldn't be given new arrivals a certain amount and other arrivals less. Well, if I had my way, they wouldn't be getting a cent. Not a cent. That's a fact. Not a cent. I'll just tell you now, Ray, compassion for who? And this is actually true now. My father-in-law is dying. He's up in the Midlands, okay? Mm -hmm. And we got a phone call last night and we were talking to his, his daughter. She looks after him. That man... Okay, they couldn't fill the oil tank. They had no money. They couldn't fill the oil tank. So she's running an electric heater for his legs. He's 86 years of age. And she got an ESP bill of 900 euro. 900 euro, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, she went to the council and asked them, you know, can they move him because they're paying private rent, 900 a month. And she was told, come back when he's dead. That's the word she was told now. 
coming back when he's dead. So where where is the compassion for an 86-year-old Irish man that worked all his life? Do you understand? I don't know. I don't know. I, I like the, there's probably very similar stories all over the country of different people. But, you know, legislation is a blunt instrument. And it doesn't deal with individual cases. And I understand what you're saying, and I completely agree with you. There should be compassion for the 86-year-old man but equally. But that, doesn't mean, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't have compassion for other people because you don't have compassion for this poor 86-year-old man. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean you but shouldn't have, have compassion com- for others. I have compassion for people, okay? But there's a limit to what we can do. And we have people here suffering in this country, just like I told you now, but of a dying be. man. But they shouldn't be. We're not short of money. Exactly. But no, we're only short of money when it comes to our own. Okay? And Carl mentioned they're, they're getting their ESB bills. They have no bills. These people are getting money to live on. Okay? They're getting fed. They're getting water. They're getting housed. And they have pocket money. No means test. They could be millionaires from Ukraine. We have no idea what, where they're from. Half of them are coming in. They're not even from Ukraine. They just found a passport. Like we'd, we did a bomb in a, in a homeless shelter last week. It didn't even make national headlines. Well, it did make national headlines. It was an RT News. But, but there was no big hullabaloo about it. We had an Egyptian where he came on and he said he paid 10000 to be trafficked there. And there, there don't seem to be any uproar about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I, I saw the, the Egyptian man you were talking about. He said that Ireland, see, he was told Ireland was a nice country and he paid 10000 to get here. That's And that's human trafficking, by the way. We should be taking that very seriously. Human trafficking? Yeah. And but, but in relation to the bomb, by the way, that went off, or the pipe bomb that went off under the man's bed, um, I believe he was Slovakian, um, that, that was in the news. It was headline in RT News. For, uh, for like what? But a day? But you can't have a headline every day. In any other country. If that happened in any other country... It would have it would have been main news for a few days, and no, people no, would well, have been no, up in arms. No, no, it was the headline on the news. You can't have it on the headline news every day because there was nothing else to say about it apart from a bomb went off. He obviously, I don't know what he was doing with the bomb in the first place, but it went off under his bed, and sadly, you know, he killed himself. But there should be questions asked about it. I mean, you know what I mean? His history, his background. Why was he in there making a bomb? Well, we don't know if he made the bomb, by the way. We, he might have bought it or somebody or got it from somebody. We don't know if he made it. Maybe he was just, he, you know, maybe he was just bored. That's, well, maybe he was. I don't know. I, I, I'd be more concerned about what he was planning on doing with it. Anyway, that, that's beside the point. So, Joanna, but in relation to Ukrainian refugees, and we're talking about Ukrainian refugees, do you believe reducing the money is a good idea? Absolutely is a good idea. Mm-hmm. There's no means test going on, uh, Neil. No means testing. Refugee status, they don't, they don't have a means test. Carl, do you believe Carl Dieter, do you believe they should be means tested? I think there's a few things we should look at. A is we should have a, a route to employment and to contributing. I think that if you are a millionaire or a poor person, you have the same motives for wanting to get out of a war. Uh, you know, I have actually seen like and, and this is this is completely anecdotal, so I need to be very, very emphasized, this is just pure anecdotal. Like I have seen cars, like really good cars with, with Ukraine plates and maybe yep. they are wealthy, but they still had to run. But we don't, we don't know what they don't have. So what I'm saying is we should say that as a society, if we're going to help people flee from a war, and I think that is the right thing to do in the case of Ukraine, that, uh, you know, everyone gets a, why a pure mean, subsistence. Yeah, but why wouldn't you mean, says somebody, if you're a millionaire from Ukraine and you're driving a Porsche, for example, right? And, and I know you're saying to, that's the individual story that you saw, right? Uh, but if you're a millionaire and you're driving a Porsche and you're on and, and Ukraine plates and you're from Ukraine, why would you be given a medical card? 
Why would you be giving you free accommodation? A Ukraine, but you can't means test someone when their bank accounts are in Ukraine or maybe when their you, bank accounts are. You can ask them to produce Hungary, a statement, so can't you? And, and so they produce something that's in Russian that could be anything, or, or Ukrainian language, which it's a Cyrillic language. But the whole point is, there's no effective way to do it. You know, there really isn't. Um, is or else they show you Karen, an account Karen. they had that was empty. Yeah. Can I ask a question there, right? You know, when we had the mm-hmm. troubles in Northern Ireland, okay? Mm-hmm. We, we took in refugees from the north of Ireland to the south where it was safe. Now, you, Ukraine is a huge country. And there's one part of it where there's stuff going on. Why are they not sending them to the safe parts? Can you answer um, me that question? I had friends that came from the north and they settled in Cove in Cork because they ran from the yeah. troubles in the north. Can you yeah, answer so, me that question? Uh, well, I mean, if you say answer as in a definitively answer, no, I can't. But what I can say is this, um, that... We don't know exactly where everyone is coming from, for a start, or I certainly don't. We don't know that the major population centers, such as Kiev and other places, do get bombed, are being bombed. And as well as that, like people, when they fled the north, they didn't just flee, say, Belfast, where the majority of the things were happening. They would have fled from Fermanagh or Antrim or, or Derry yeah. or anywhere else. Yeah. So, so this is the thing. Like, It's not a perfect science where you can say, oh, there should be a one-to-one relationship, like a bomb drops there, then we clear out that next block of area somehow. What we have to say is, look, this is a chaotic situation, but do we have everybody correctly aligned in terms of what they get and what we expect from them? What we should expect from them is that you come here and you behave and you contribute and you're grateful for the help that we're offering you and that you aim to work the same as you did when you were at home. You don't just come over here and you know, decide, all right, I'll just sit here. And, and, and I agree with you, Carl, but that's not happening. At, well, what, I, at I, what point is that going to start happening? That, it, that, but that is, that is a cultural failing in Ireland, because in Ireland, we look at almost everything through a lens of how does it make us feel, not what's right or wrong, not whether it's factual or otherwise, just how does it make us feel? And that's why on any event in Ireland, all you've got to do is apply the lens of emotion to it, and you can you can instantly capture the public zeitgeist every single time. You know, and I mean, it's the same reason, for instance, that people uh, are, are supporting the death cult of Hamas against Israel. At its root, it's like it makes me feel bad that I see kids dying. It is tragic. It's wrong. But who is the wrong party here? Is the Hamas who are a death cult? And but we have to just say, oh, I emotionally feel this way. I'll react that way. And if you said to publicly, if you come here, you, A, you've got to behave. B, you know, show some fucking gratitude and do some work. You know, at least be showing up to the places that we should have a system for showing up for, you know, where, where you can get a day rate or where you can say, yeah, if someone said, I need 10 people to work on a building site today, or I need some job done or something, you know, like even in Australia, if you want to, if you want to get a visa to stay there for any longer, you've got to go work 90 days on a farm. Yeah, like or, we, or in the mines. Yeah. Agricultural companies. Like, why, why are we so terrified of asking people to understand that freedoms carry obligations and rights carry responsibilities? You'll never do it in this country because it's a coward country at its root. Uh, Maliki, why, why do you think we're so terrified to say to, you know, say in, with Ukrainians, for example, you got to get a job? Why, why are we so terrified to say that or to do that or to put pressure on people or to, you know, to say, well, look, you can't keep giving you that money? I'm not terrified um, to say so. Um, but the, the thing we need to remember is that 
Ukrainians have been given refugee status, unlike ISPAS applicants who have to apply for it. And the Ukrainians are then therefore supposed to be treated the same as any Irish citizen. Now, the, the other caller there on, uh, not Carol, the, the woman, Joanne, yeah. Joanne, talking about the incident on the bomb. You imagine, Niall, if any of the people, let's say on my side of this argument, were caught anywhere near a bomb, the country would be about to close down. Look at the nonsense that they're still spinning about November and the so-called riot, or the so-called riot outside the doll in, in September. You know, this was a guy who had an IED, not a, not a normal, from what I understand, uh, pipe bomb that they've been using gang fuels and all. An IED, somebody with military training, and he was Lithuanian, and we know that Lithuanian... Lithuanian, sorry, I sent Slovakia in, sorry, Lithuanian, yes, sorry. That they have conscription between 18 and 22, I think. Or something. So here's a man in this country who has manufactured an IED, which can be exploded by a phone or by, by whatever, other electronic means. Had it under his bed, it goes off. What was he using it for? And what do we get? Oh, he had mental health issues. The guy who stabbed three poor children were told he had mental health issues. The guy who chopped the heads off two men over a nail were told he had mental health issues. The man who stabbed um, the, the, the Hong Kong worker in Dundalk a couple of years ago were told he had mental health issues. Why are we bringing in so many people with mental health issues? Or are we just using that as, as a reason to, to justify their barbaric behaviour. That bomb is going to be used somewhere. Had that bomb have gone off later in the night or in a different part of that building, we would be looking at multiple casualties. And nobody in the woke liberal agenda who normally bang on, used to bang on about homeless people till, till they got the refugee issue to, to, to harbour on about, and poor Irish people who are homeless now are, are at the bottom of the point. No, no, no. I, I do believe we were extremely lucky that the bomb went off where it did. Uh, and obviously the only victim was the man who made it. So, you know, we're extremely, well, I assume he made it or purchased it or bought it or got it from somewhere. Well, where he had nobody planted it under his bed. I'm not even, no, even the No, I don't, they're, they're not looking for anybody else in relation to the instance. So they assume that he had it himself. He's going to go into the GPO with it and set it off. Was he going to wander down O'Connell Street as a suicide bomber? We don't know. And there has been no discussion from the woke liberal class or this government. And when Helen McEntee says the streets of Dublin are safe, they are not. This is what we're facing. Okay, we get, well, okay, but just yeah, but just getting back to very quickly because I have to go to Albert. Just getting back to what Carl was saying. Uh, I've actually forgotten what Carl was saying. But in relation to this idea that we just accept that we will take people in and they don't have a responsibility or a duty. In other words, you know, to get a job, to look after themselves. You know what I mean? A responsibility that we just don't seem to force that responsibility on people. We just accept it. Because the woke liberal classes and the NGOs are making a fortune out of these people not getting jobs, setting up these things. The amount of people who go up to the courts, and they tell us there's no link between crime and immigration. Go up to the courts any day and you'll see the amount of non-nationals non before the courts, who invariably can never speak English. They're here 10, 15 years, and they can't speak English. They're able to speak English when they're looking for their welfare payments, for some reason. There's no difficulty with language. So we're, we're, you know, we're creating, we're changing this whole society to suit People who, by and large, shouldn't be in this country. Would Would you agree with that, Carl? No, no. But you know, I mean, like I, I've spent a lot of time in courts, um, not not like getting charged with stuff, but you know, observing different court proceedings. I never noticed an, an overrepresentation of people who don't speak English. 
Well, uh, I, I, suggest yeah. I, I suggest then someday I go with you up to the CCJ. Okay. I'm actually really, really willing to do that. So let me know sometime. I'll set it up. Okay, well, 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 I'll set that up between the two of you because I know both of you. So I'll set that up with the two of you. Maliki's in the courts every single day of the week. So I'll set that up with you. Stay there, both of you. Let me just go to Albert because, Albert, go ahead. You want to say something? No, no. No, listen, if you ever go on holidays, give Maliki your spot, will you, for two weeks? I think you'd have I, think you'd have, I know, I know. I think, but, but with the greatest respect to Maliki, I think you'd have us closed down in a day. <laughs> Sorry, Maliki. <laughs> Go on. Um, It'd be great. Yeah, no, look, I, 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 yeah. In regards to the payments, I, I, okay, I think the payments are too high. But I mean, if you bring them in, you have to change it for the law because if you don't, it, it, it will discriminate. You have legal cases about discrimination. About you've got an Ukrainian coming in today who's on thirty-eight. Ukrainian who was here two weeks ago getting two hundred and thirty-eight. And, you know, there will be a court case. There will be the discrimination. So you've got to do it for them all. But apart from that, look. But how, but here's the if thing, Carol, right? Or Albert. So here's the thing, right? If they yeah. announce tomorrow, right, we reduce the payment from 230 down to 38 for them all, right? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. we're not, we're going to apply it retrospectively. Oh, the NGOs are going berserk. Because they're going to say, well, hold on a second. You know, Mary from Ukraine, who's been here for the last year, she set up her lifestyle at the moment. She's got two kids. She's getting 230 and accommodation. You can't just take away her accommodation yeah, after Angela's 90 days. Uh, yeah, Angela's announced and everything else she gets. You can't just take away her accommodation after 90 days. You can't just give her 38 quid a week. How is she going to survive? That, and that's what we were told. Right, but the problem is, is, well, is that you can't bring them in now and give them a, a different circumstance. If you know, if if you know, you brought somebody in, let's say two weeks ago, and they're getting a full amount of money, they're getting everything else, and you bring somebody in now next week, and you're giving them something different. That's discrimination. They're coming from the same war-torn country. How can you come along and give them something different? You can't. It's a fair point, Malik, and you raised the point at the start that somebody will take a case and somebody will take a case. I don't know. I don't think the government are going to, are going to get away with this. It's going to be all or nothing, isn't it? No, but the intention is, the government is to reduce the numbers coming into the country. And rather than come out and say the country is full, we don't have the room. Capacity has been. Oh, you're not allowed to say the word time. full anymore, by the way. It's in the paper this morning. That's toxic language, I believe. Well, they can, <laughs> Elon Musk will defend me on that. And, and that's the reality, that we don't have the capacity. And, you know, planes fly out of this country as well as fly in. And even, you know, when we look at it, thousands of deportation orders which are just cancelled. You know, the only country in the world where we're told, you're told to deport yourself. Why don't we just say to prisoners, there, you, I'll give you a three year there, but wander up to the joy whenever you're ready. If you wait, whatever, yeah, Christmas is coming. If you want to wait till January, sure, it's fine. But whatever, yeah. whatever suits yeah. you. I don't know, I, I know, I, Maliki, I'm in complete agreement with you. A deportation order should be implemented. It's an order of the court. It should be implemented. And the Garda Sheikhana should follow it up, just like they do in many other countries, like ICE in America, of course, would follow up those kind of cases to make sure somebody is escorted to an airport in handcuffs, usually, by the way, and put on a plane. That's what we should be doing with deportation orders. There's no doubt about that. But getting back to what Albert is saying, he, no, he's got a hold on. He's got a point. The government are not going to get away with this idea of reducing the payment, you know, and not applying no. it retrospectively. This is all they have to. This is that they're doing something as we move towards June, and where the, the government parties are going to be decimated in the local elections. This is about self-preservation of a political class and an NGO class. 
because everything is changing in this country and it's changing rapidly and they have no control over it. They started off calling us all paranoid fascists. That's what Robert Duxbach means, nothing anymore. Because yeah. we know that everything that we have said, where there's people coming in without passports, which is now accepted across the, 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 the whole political landscape, that that is true, even though they come on and deny it. We said we don't have the capacity. You can't be putting people in office blocks. We said of the ESB building, for instance, that there was no fire certification. There wasn't. Only last Friday, there was somebody puking in, in one of the rooms there and the fire alarm went off. And, and seven, seven fire brigades turned up, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Yeah. The most biggest overreaction I've ever seen to somebody breaking a break glass unit or somebody cooking upstairs. But uh, Albert, have, are we losing a little bit of compassion? Sorry, Joseph, I'll be in a second, Tony. Albert, are we losing a little bit of compassion when it comes to Ukrainians? Are we kind of going, ah, I'm getting fed up with this now? No, I, I, I don't think so. I think we've got to be fair to everybody. I mean, look, for the international protection people are only getting a certain amount. We've done, if you're getting bed and board, you don't need 238 euros a week as well. It's as simple as that. But apart from that, let's say Russia do get the finger out of the hole and, and actually take over more of Ukraine. We won't have 100,000 here. We'll have a million here. If we have a million here, we need 1,000 centres housing 1,000 people just to keep up with it. We're not going to do that. The, the bill, if, you, if you're giving them the full amount, is going to be over a billion a month. I mean, nobody can afford that. If we don't get our act together, we're going to be in right shit ourselves. I'll stay there for a second. I've got to take a quick break. And Joseph, I'm going to come to you straight after this break. The Nile Boylan Podcast. If you want to complain to the boss, just sit... <laughs> Wait, hold on. Niall is his own boss. So, sorry! Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. The Nile Boylan Podcast. Let me go to Joseph. Joseph, hi, how are you? Hello, Niall. Thanks for having me again. Good, Joseph. You've been listening to what Albert is saying. You know, you can't just, you know, do it for one. You have to do it for all. Okay, well then we can retroactively go back to all of them and say, I'm sorry, we're cutting your pay to everyone. Because, I mean, it was silly. Why is it that number? Why, why is the calculation to say that's the fair amount of money? I don't see any good reason why it has to be, why we're not obligated to give them this amount of money. We're already giving them housing. So how about we take the cost of housing and say, well, we're giving you this value as well. So start off with yourself. Mm. Now, again, I've mentioned this on your show a few times. People have to the idea that these people are coming out of like war-torn Bosnia and you know, there's bombs going off everywhere and you know, they're fleeing for their lives. The size of Ukraine is the size of, of France, most of continental Europe, right? It's It's... It's like saying, oh, a bomb went off in Berlin, so I fled from my house in Lisbon, Portugal. Um, you know, <laughs> there's people there who have never seen a single bomb go off. And, or, I, and know, I, underst I understand that, but, here, the but here's, the, here's the analogy, right? And I do understand that. But if you were in a country that was invaded by Russia, and, yeah. okay, we do know that it is only the, uh, the western part of the country that's mainly affected, right? Mm. But if you're in a country, if you were in Ireland, for example... And the British invaded, I don't know, Cork. Um, and yeah. you were living in Belfast. And, yeah. and I know that's not even a good analogy because Ireland is tiny. You'd still say to yourself, oh, maybe they're going to invade the rest of it. Maybe we should get out of here just for the sake of the kids. Uh, no, maybe we should pick up guns and go fight for our country. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the women and children, yes, to some part they should come out. Um, but again, they have no, like, you have to understand some of these Ukrainians are coming in with 
They're very well. By the way, there's a huge the, the, the idea that at the start we were told it was women, children, and pensioners that were going to be coming into the country. That turned out yeah, to be yeah. untrue. Um, there's a huge amount, untrue. a large percentage of men who are coming in for yeah. whatever reason. Now, they're between 18 and 65, they're meant to stay and fight. They were not meant to leave. They're basically yeah, abandoned in their country. It's illegal that they did leave. It's so we are harboring international, international criminals. Um, but look, I have compassion for them, of course. But some of them are coming, they're quite wealthy. I mean, look, there's people who are, I'm going to say millionaires, but they're doing very well off themselves in Ukraine. They have businesses going on. They had whatever... And they have whatever couple of grand in the bank. Why would I spend a penny of that when the Irish government are going to foot the bill for everything? Well, I, I give you, I give you one example of that. <laughs> I'm aware of an individual who is Ukrainian who was living in London for the last seven years and mm -hmm. working for one of the big multinational companies remotely from his apartment in London. And when the war broke out, he took the opportunity to come to Ireland. And the reason he came to Ireland is because he's still working remotely for the multinational company in the UK. Um, but Ireland are now paying his rent for him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's so open to abuse. You can't say it's about fairness and compassion because it's being abused more than it's being, as much as it's being used, I'd say. And com toxic compassion, which is a phrase I really want to, you know, everyone to have, it's killing us. It is literally killing Irish people. There was a homeless lad who froze to death not so long ago. I'm sure there's a few more. There's the one I read about who can't have a home. I mean, there's plenty of homes in the country and, you know, we need to be taking care of our Irish first. That should be the main and only goal of a, you know, sovereign country is to protect its people. Why, why is it when you say a line like that, you're accused of being racist? I mean, you know, we used to have years ago, there was that whole uh, yeah. Britain first, the UKIP thing, Britain first. Of course, Donald Trump talks about America first, you know, and but if we say, you know, look after our own first or Irish first, you're immediately accused of being racist. Because it's just the tactic that they use. It's, it's what's taught to them. It's like this, this has worked previously to shut people up. So if it comes up again, use that line and that'll shut people up. We can't allow that anymore. We can't be afraid of being called a racist when it's clearly wrong. It's, it's like the racists that people are talking about are the, I don't know, people from the 50s and 60s who just randomly go around throwing to the mouth wanting to beat anyone of slight color. That doesn't exist. And, and they're using that idea still to make us seem like we're all neo-Nazis shaving our head, you know, what absolute nonsense. And it's a tactic that worked, and so it's used. That's, that's I mean, I, I did, read, I did read this morning there on one of the, the, the kind of lefty online news outlets, I won't even give their name a mention because it's not worth it, um, but there was a whole article there about toxic language. And one of the words was, Ireland is full. Right? That's seemingly, mm. that's toxic. Now, Leo Varadkar said the same thing. He said Ireland's at capacity. The word capacity and yeah. the word full means exactly the same thing. But yet, you're allowed to say one word. We're now banning words. So words are now toxic. The word full is a toxic yeah. word. I'm led to believe. Well, I, I, I do agree to some extent that Ireland is not full. As in, we have a capacity to build more homes and put more people on the island. Yes, just that we're, we're, the current government is so upside down about you know, getting houses constructed and giving them to Irish people, that, uh, yeah, we're, we're at a housing crisis. So it's a production problem rather than a space occupancy volume um, problem, I should say. Mm. So anyway, look, um, these Ukrainians are grand. They're, they have money, they should be renting, they should be putting into the Irish economy. And more importantly, they should be grateful to the Irish people for doing it. I haven't seen any great efforts of thanks from the Ukrainians. Like, I mean, what are they doing with their time here and their free money? Like, what are, are they engaged in the community at all? Are they... Well, 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 well 17,000, they're working. Working? They're doing what? And where's that money going? Well, well, well it's not well, coming back. 
Yeah, but, but my, my point is 17,000 out of, I don't know exactly how many thousand adults there are, because there are some children. I think there was 16,000 children. So there's 110,000 here. So, and then you'd take a lot of them would be over the age of 65. So out of probably 50 or 60,000 of working age, 17,000 are working. That's a really high unemployment rate. Yeah. Well, why would you work if you get free money? Albert, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, no, can I just get in there? Look, if we had a million people leave Ireland and go to France or Germany, we wouldn't be able to speak the language. How many of them do you think would be working until he actually got some sort of a hold on the language? So you can't just say the Ukrainians coming over here and they all should be working. <laughs> quite a lot I, I, I didn't say they all should be working. But I think what happens is, Albert, is when you pay well, money you know? when you pay money and give accommodation, you put people into a trap. And, you know, there's, yeah, there's, I agree there's, with that. it's like yeah, a social yeah. welfare trap. But we do that with our own people. We have people here like who won't work and never work and will never work but can't work. But they're in this poverty trap with the social welfare, where it's it just it it it's not no good for them to go out and work because they actually lose benefits and lose money. Yeah, that's the point I reckon. Yeah. So but we're doing exactly the same with these people. But I mean, you, you've got to accept that like there is a language difference there. It's not a case of they all they all speak English over there. When they come over here, it's going to be grand. It's not. Like we have to be fair as well as you know. And, and look, I agree. We have to do something about it because it is just costing too much and. Oh, you know, we can't afford it. And the more of these people that we get in, the worse it's going to get because whatever millions it's costing at the moment, that's just going to... 5.5 5. 5 billion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Carl, well, Carl yeah, Dieter pointed... Our entire budget will be going on that. Yeah, well, Carl yeah. Dieter pointed out that's quarter of our health budget. It's more than our transport budget. Yeah. It's half our education yeah. budget. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. a ridiculous amount of money. No, I mean, no. You, when you say figure like 5 billion... Wait a minute. Thousand, or 104 oh million people displaced it between Africa, Europe, Asia, uh, and uh, the Middle East. How many of them are actually going to come here as well? Like, we're, we're just setting ourselves up for this. Uh, apart from the money end of it, you just can't afford this. And with no limit on the amount of people we can take in, like, where is this going? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Joseph. What are you saying? Yeah, when you say a figure like 5 billion. 5.5 5 billion, yeah. 5.5 yeah. 5 billion. I mean, yeah, the numbers do start stacking up so high that for most people, it's like they can't comprehend five billion. In, they know it's a number and they know how many zeros, but to, to spend that much money, we're only a nation of six million people, seven. How, what are we no, at now? No, we're nowhere near it. We're only at five point, five uh, five, I think it's 5.1 now at this stage. Well, five, yeah, okay, 5.1. Okay, including the north. I don't, I don't know where if we keep um, 1.7 million oh, in the north. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So on the island, somewhere around six million, I'd say. Yeah. If you divide that number, it's a thousand euros out of everyone's pocket. Now, a thousand euros might be a rent payment, or it might be a down payment on a car, or it might be something like that. Every single man, woman, and child is paying that money, and you know there's more fees on top of that. There's more costs to the economy. There's school places that are gone. There is, um, you know, all the the ancillary costs of having this many people in. It's a huge amount per person that we're not really considering. Like, you know, we say, oh, with the economy, the government money is spending. No, there's no such thing as government money. It's our money. But the, we're giving it to the government for them to spend it in our, um, in trust for our benefit. And they're not. So, I mean, clearly the government are working against the people and they're spending it on things that, that have their interests at heart and not ours. That's a failed government. Okay, stay there for a second. Um, Tony, sorry, you've been waiting ages there. Sorry, Tony, do apologise. Yeah, it's okay. No, thank you. And Morgan, I'll be with you now. Go ahead, Tony. What do you want to say? It's been going on for far too long, Noel. It's a scam. The whole thing is a bloody scam, Do you feel sorry for people having their money reduced? Well, 
They're not going. They're not going to have not them. Not really. new, new arrivals. New arrivals. No, definitely not. No, no. I think the whole lot of the mods will have them when you reduced. Well, well, well see, yeah, that, and that's that sounds great on paper. Yeah, but I mean, is thirty-eight quid enough? If I gave you food and a roof over your head, and and, and your edu- and your education and healthcare, with my and, family. Yeah, but hang on, let me just ask you a fair question. So you, I give you everything. I give you a roof over your head. I give you food. I give you a back to school allowance. I give your kids education if you have kids. I give you free healthcare. Card. Yeah, free healthcare. And I say to you, there you go. We're giving you everything now. Here's thirty-eight quid spending money. Is that enough? Right. I'd say thank you very much. If I was fleeing a war zone, I would be saying thank you very much. I would be so grateful, but it's not happening now. And what happened was I genuinely think all this was manufactured. Yeah, but just like the Ukrainians were invaded by the Russians on the 23rd of February mm-hmm. of 2022, yeah? Yeah. Now, it started in 2014. But I'm aware right, of that. And there wasn't a word about it. All right, just like there wasn't a word about it, but just like, and Leo Varadkar came out then on the 28th of February and he said about the COVID, oh, we have to live with it. It's all over. I honestly think he knew he was going to be important a lot of, a lot of the Ukrainians. No, the world. no, not, a, not at all. No, at that stage, it was ending everywhere. The, the lockdowns, the restrictions... We're ending worldwide everywhere. That's that's just purely yeah, coincidental. We were one of the last countries to end their lockdowns. Absolutely, yeah. We, we were one of the last ones. We went, Our yeah, lockdowns went on too long. When you're saying it was ending every... Yeah. So, so we weren't. Uh, but just like it wasn't in units of other countries. Mm. Like it just wasn't. And then the governments have also pledged to the EU uh, 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 but that they would increase their population up to 10 million by the year 2030 or 2040. I, I'm just looking, sorry, I, I'm blown away here because Albert, I think it was there, or um, I can't remember who said it a minute ago, per person. If you base 5.5 billion set aside to support Ukrainian refugees, according to the government that was in the report in last July, and you divide that by the total population on the island, which is 6.7 million people, roughly, right? Now, that's, we shouldn't even be doing that. I should only really be doing it by 5.03 million, which is the, the population of Ireland. But even if you be a conservative estimate, it's 6.7 million. Unless this calculator is wrong online, which it's not. That's 820,000 per person. <laughs> of a per Irish person. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Now, I know the government do get money, by the way, from the yeah, EU. But it gives their accommodation. All right, like this current government, and we're just like, it's too many. Oh, 820, sorry, I apologize, sorry. 820 per person. Yeah, I didn't mean to say that, sorry. That's a huge amount of money per every, for every taxpayer in the country. You know? Yeah, because uh, yeah, because the two men that's pushing this, that's O'Gorman and Varadkar, they couldn't care less. I've said it to you numerous times before. They're not going to have children. They're not going to have grandchildren. They're going to cause as much destruction to Ireland in the couple of years that they're there. And they'll just walk away at the end of it because they don't care. And that's firmly my belief. So you believe the, the reduction in the payment of 220, if indeed it happens, if it's allowed to happen, and Albert doesn't believe it should be allowed to happen. And it won't be allowed to happen. It won't be allowed well, to happen. Well, I mean, in fairness to what Albert said, he is right. It is discrimination. You can't turn around to somebody arriving next week and say, we're giving you 38, but drop hey, you, came, you came last week, you get 220. That doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, but drop the whole lot of it down. Just drop the whole lot of it down, and you'll see the Romanians, or you'll see the Ukrainians then fleeing back home again. Or going somewhere else. 
Well, 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 hang on. Let me just take Morgan for a second. Stay there, Tony. Morgan, hi. How are you? Good, Niall. How are you? Morgan, a lot of people are saying the same thing, that you can't... Now, this is what they're talking about in the Oroxus today, this idea of reducing the payment of 3880 from 220. Or you can reduce the payment for one set of people and have another set of people and more. That's that's just not going to... That's not going to last. Well, it can happen. It's not like it hasn't happened before. We reduced the unemployment rate for people under the age of 25, I think it was. Yeah, but, so but, they, but these are not under any age or any particular demographic. These are just because you happen to miss the boat and not get here before a certain date. Yeah, well, we can we can do it with, with legislation. We can do anything, for Christ's sake. Of course we can do it. <laughs> look, I, no, look uh, we you could probably do it retrospectively with legislation and say we're changing the payments, but you couldn't turn around. Like, let's say I, ca- I come to Ireland and Niall comes to Ireland and he gets 230 quid or whatever it is. And then the following week, Morgan comes to Ireland. But, ah, sorry, Morgan, you missed the date. You're only getting 38. But I'm the same age as Niall. I'm from the same place yeah, as Niall. Irrespective. That'll, it, that'll it end up in a courtroom. That'll just end up in court. It may, it may end up in a courtroom. All of it needs to be reduced. All of it. For all of it. But that's the, that's the danger. I think part of the question was about uh, losing compassion. So I think this is what we're witnessing now, is that we, we, we're all losing our compassion. How could you, how could you not? So the question is, well, you know, should we sh- we shouldn't just reduce it to 38 for these people, we should reduce it to 38 for everybody. And then that stretches down into eventually into Irish citizens and Irish people who are on social welfare as well. So that's the danger of losing our compassion. So we lose it for one set of people, we're not short. Very soon after, we, we lose it for fucking everybody. And there's a reason for that, and the, the reason is, is the government that we have. And that's where the eye should focus. Instead, saying, okay, well, you're, you're 38 quid. Now, next week, that should be 15 quid. And that's fucking an awful way to live. It's an awful way Is to it? live. And if you, if you can't see that, if you've no compassion for that one, then you're, you're, you're probably fucked. But, the but, problem but do you is, think we've lost compassion in general then? Are we losing compassion in yes. general? But, but, of course we are. Yeah, but there are, I mean, look, we've talked about social welfare for years before even Ukrainians came to Ireland. And, you know, there are people who take the piss when it comes to the social welfare system. We know that. Yes, we do. And yeah. there always will be. Yeah. And, you know, we, you touched on it as well. There's, there's like 10 different issues in here. There's a poverty trap, one that's actually set up. So nobody in the right fucking mind is going to give up what they have at the moment and then go and work doing what? Let's face it, they're all going to be menial jobs and there's only a limited number of those. So even if we force everybody to go to work, and that's dangerous, and that's what gets people on the left up in fucking arms because for them, it invokes images of Nazi work camps. And then on the right, we have people, images of the left putting people on the right into gulags. And so we're all set viciously to attack each other. Uh, but we all have one common enemy, and that's the, the shower that we have in government at the moment. And beyond We're making that, bad policies. Let's be clear. Yeah, it's just bad policies. I mean, the idea now that we're going to build six reception centres, large reception centres, which are capable of holding between six and and 800 people, and they, they're not going to announce before the elections in June, which is very clever, where they're going to build them, but they're bringing out a white paper on it. And um, these large, similar to City West, for example, which is being mainly used at the moment uh, when people arrive first, is a large reception centre. Um, and we're going to build six of these around the country. Where are they yeah, going to build them? And- How much are they going to cost? How quickly can they build these reception centres? Because they seem to have a, an inability to build housing. They can't build it any quicker than they're building it, allegedly. But yet we can build six large reception centres in seemingly quite a short amount of time, from what I'm being told. Yeah, when the will is there, like, so the, obviously the plan is for more and more and more and more people. Well, but but and you this, know what pisses this, me off, Morgan? 
we've had a housing crisis in this country since at least 2009, right? We've had a bad mm-hmm. housing crisis since 2009 after the Celtic Tiger and the collapse of the economy. And we were told constantly all the time, oh, there's nothing more we can do. Yeah, but, but look, we've thousands of people in and living in the hotels. Oh, there's nothing more we can do. But all of a sudden, when you've got people coming to Ireland seeking international protection or Ukrainians coming to Ireland, suddenly we can build modular homes. Suddenly we can build reception centres. Suddenly we can find places to put people. But all during our own housing crisis, before all this happened, we couldn't find anywhere. Yeah, because it, it purely comes down to will. Like, it would be the most ridiculous thing to believe that a modern country couldn't manage to build housing for everybody within the country. So the only thing that's missing is the will to do it. And let's face it, nobody really gave a flying fuck about the poor in this country anyway. Nobody really does, because for everybody who's out there working, it's a struggle and their struggle is enough. They don't really want to care about the struggle of somebody else. But I don't, well, I don't blame people sometimes. Right? I mean, they do think about it. You know, but everybody everybody is struggling at the moment, of course, because the cost of living yeah. has gone up. So everybody is down on lifestyle, so to speak. So I'm not blaming people for not caring about Johnny who's sleeping out in the streets of Dublin. You know, I'm not, I'm not blaming them for not caring about it because it's not their job to care. It's the government's job to care. Yeah, and the government, but the government don't because the government can't. And that's the unfortunate thing about it. The only people who can really care is family and your community, your, the actual community you live in. Government just, no government can take care of people on that level. So for government, is the will of the government and the will of the EU and the will of international bodies is unfortunately what's at play. So the question that normal Irish people are left with is what can they actually do within their own fucking sphere of influence? And this thing about focusing on now it's down to 38 euros per week, it's a nonsense. It's just pure optics on the government's behalf. Because it won't really matter. If it is 38 quid, they'll just go to the local relieving officer and they'll hand out the supplementary welfare payment. So it doesn't make a difference. It just so in other words, yeah, well, that's what I said to Malik earlier on. This is just optics. What they're doing is moving the problem from one department to another. Instead of going and getting, you know, to IPAS to get their accommodation money or get their accommodation, they'll just go to the Department of Housing and the Social Protection to get yeah. housing. And with the After the nine days, yeah. it, it, it reads well, you know, well, well we've reduced the payment to 38, you know, which is a fucking nonsense. Well, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And now they're talking about it in the Rockstars today. It's supposed to be passed by Cabinet this evening and, and implemented by early uh, February. I don't think it's going to happen because, as a lot of people have rightly said, it's somebody will take a case and say it's discrimination. So it'll be either all or nothing. In other words, they'll have to apply it either retrospectively or not apply it at all. Stay, actually, Morgan, save me for a second. Let me just go to Louise as well because I know she's in a bit Hi. of a hurry. Go ahead, Louise. How are you? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Louise. Hi. Um, yeah, uh, I... Just to, you, you know my views on the subject. I've spoken to you numerous times about it. Um, we haven't got the capacity to take care of our own citizens. There's the Irish children, women, men on the streets sleeping in tents. Anybody that's involved with helping homeless will, will advise you of that. And we're taking in a lot more refugees that we don't have the capacity to look after. And then you're going to reduce them down to 38 euro. Now that chap made a statement saying they'll all go to the relieving officer. A relieving officer will only help you once. That's mm. it. You get help once. You don't get. Pardon? That's not I true. I beg your pardon? It is true. That's not have true. Have you ever been it's to. Not true. It's not... Yes, I have. I've, I've had to go to a relieving officer on a, on a couple of occasions, maybe 15, 20 years ago. And it well, was, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. Well, well, I'm sorry for you. Things have changed a lot in 15 and 20. 15 or 20 years ago, an unmarried mother could go into a relieving officer and tell them that she was sleeping on her parents' sofa. They'd tell you no problem. They'd sign a form, go down and get a house to the value of a thousand pounds a month, whatever it was. 
now, if you go down with that scenario, you're told tough luck. At least you have a roof over your head. So uh, but I think, Mar- I think, Louise, the point Morgan is making and other people are making is that if you reduce somebody to €38 Euro, and then you take them off the, off the free accommodation after 90 days, which is the plan, right? What will happen yeah. in 90 days is they will just move the problem because they're not going to chuck them out the street. So they just move the problem to the Department of Housing. In other words, you'll, you'll have to go to the Department of Housing and sign up for housing. Yeah. Yeah. This country is fucked anyway. This country is fucked anyway. I mean, the curriculum that's being brought into the schools, along with um, refugees being taken in left, right and centre, it's impacting all areas, especially needs children. I have first-hand experience in that. Um, uh, Therapies for people, um, hospital appointments. So the doors just need to close. Yeah, no, no, I've no doubt, Louise, it is impacting everything because when you increase the population of a country in a short amount of time, by the way, you know, Ireland is, somebody said this years ago, Ireland is capable of sustaining about 10 million people geographically if we did it over a slow period of time. Excuse me, can I say this? Yeah. Instead of actually saying all oh, this is happening, why not address the problem of Ukrainians actually going home for Christmas and then coming back? Things are so bad over there. I've said this to you before. Zelensky is living the life of an international pop star. His country is on the verge of, you know, being blown to smithereens. But where is he? He's at the Oscars. He's, he's looking for checks to be written left, right and centre. I'm not wrong. No, I'm, no and, I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't particularly, no. I don't like Zelensky anyway, but that's just me. Yeah. Some people well, think it's, he's it's a hero. Fact. Yeah. I think oh, he's a I muppet. Yeah. yeah, he is a muppet. But the point is as well, you go onto any website, they're helping Ukrainians go home for Christmas. Would you want to go back to a country that was war-torn, that you were fleeing for your life? Ah, sure, we can go back to Ireland and milk them for some more. You know, it's... it's, no, it's there, no, there's, 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 there's no doubt, Louise, people are taking the piss and taking advantage of us. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I wouldn't say them all. Sorry. I'm terrible, sorry. I have to cut you short. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. All right, okay. See you, Louise. Yeah. Okay, she has to go. Jason, hi, how are you? <laughs> no, Louise made a lot of good points. I do agree with a lot of what she said. Not everything, but I do agree with a lot of what she said. Um, but getting back to the payment, Jason, is it would it be fair to even retrospectively apply it and reduce everyone's payment down to 38 quid? Retrospectively, I don't know. That could be a muddle and a mess. But as for certain that people coming in, say, for next Monday, we do that all the time. I mean, you can't walk into a pub when you're 17 and a half and say, I'm 18 in six months' time. We, you know, like, so we can do but that's it. Because so that's based on is, age. That's based on age. <laughs> yeah, and but law. what I'm saying is, no, yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, we can put in, like, I mean, you can't, okay, well, you can't walk in uh, a month before your pension and say, I know I'm not, you know, so we can do, we can say, here's a certain date, and from this date going forward, these are the new rules. I mean, we bring in rules all the time now, but we don't say, okay, anybody convicted of this, they say something was against the law for, for the last 20 years, and then next week it's not against the law. We don't go back and try, try you know, Torn over all their convictions. I mean, at the time, that's what it was. Going forward, that's what it is now. But getting back to it, why is Ukraine not paying for some of its people? I mean, their economy is obviously still working. They seem to be able to find enough money for rockets and bombs and fucking drones. Well, well, they're getting obviously they're getting financed by the UK and Europe and uh, yeah, America. Who say, and why are them UK and why are them UK and the Americans best known for making what? Yeah, I know. Ah, yeah, so they're selling them the plasters and the fucking bullets. Mm. No, well, they're actually giving, they're not selling them to them, they're giving them to them. Uh, yeah. You want us to go think they're giving them out of the goodness of their heart? Come on, do not think somebody's paying a bill for this at did, the end of did, it. Didn't Richie Sunak there give them recently a few MiG fighters or yeah. fighter jets but or something? Niall, Niall, yeah. isn't it easy to spend somebody else's money? I mean, if I said to you, Niall, there's, I'm a multi-billionaire, 
listen, you go and do what you have to do with my money. Mm. Are you going to say? I, 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 God, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Jason. What's the, what's the point you're making in relation to that? In relation to what? I mean, it's easy to spend people's money. Going forward, we can say, yeah, we can only give you 38 euro a week. We always bring in laws and we put the laws from the day that we, we signed them into law. It's the day that, that we say, for next Monday, that's just the way it has to be. You, you know, nobody's forcing you to come over here. I mean, we are taking you in out of the goodness of our fucking hearts. Are we, well, then, are we losing? Then the other question I asked was, are we losing compassion? Compassion for the con man. Content for the con. You know that way? The bollocks. We're not using compassion. We lost compassion a long time ago when, when, when the government re- really showed us what they thought of us. I mean, when Leo Varadkar stands up and say, I know the opinion polls are that Red Sea polls at 75%, but I don't listen to opinion polls. When your own government can stand up and say, this country is too white, there's too many white people in this country. You know, our compassion went out the window a long time ago. These con men are literally conning us, Kyle. They've no business in our country. They don't want to be here. They're just waiting for the European job and the fourth and fifth pension. I mean, most most of them will end up retired now over to Europe and anyway getting their, their cushy little European number on one of their NGOs. They'll sit on board for the next 20 years being paid thousands and thousands a week for doing what? Nothing. Let me just go to Belinda. Belinda, stay there, Jason. Belinda, hi. How are you? Hi. Uh, Belinda, hi, what was I to say? Um, just in relation to the payment being reduced, I think the reduction is far too high. Okay. You know, it's too, it's too much of a gap between them. And I think what you should do, in my opinion, is bring the people who are here, bring their payment down to 100 euros a week. And instead of giving 38 euro, give 100 to them as well. So 100 euro across the board, I think, be fair enough. Well, yeah, what but the reason... What does that make, though? Yeah, I, I, well, let me, well, let me just clarify the reason why they picked this number 38. It's not just a figure that's been picked out of the air. The reason that the figure of 38 was picked is because that is the figure that we give people who are seeking international protection. Now, Ukrainians are seeking international protection, and that's the figure that should have been given to them all along. But we decided as a country, we're going to give them a bit more and treat them differently. Now we're deciding, well, we can't keep doing that. So we've reduced it to what it should have been, which was 38.50. There is no figure in between. Now, in fairness, Belinda, a lot of countries around Europe will give them less. This is a disincentive on behalf of the government. We can take it to stop new people coming here, this reduction to 48 mm. euros a week. Right, yeah, that, that, that's yeah. it at best, isn't it? So that's, I mean, if we, if we cut, like, the existing people's money in here in half, it makes no difference. If we, you know, if we, right. if we cut it in half for people coming in. So surely this is a token from the government to anybody who has an issue with mass immigration that, look, okay, this will stop them coming in yeah. and reduce it to 48, because no one in the right mind would want to come in for 48. But it's not going to make any fucking difference because people will know that if you come in, oh, well, you get the 38, but just hang on a couple of weeks and you'll get the fucking 220 anyway. But, but, in, but in 3850, yeah. some people are saying 3850 is not bad considering you're paying for food. I think for this country. But on top of the 38, Belinda, they're getting accommodation, food, clothing, back to school allowances, uh, education, healthcare, all that's free. Yeah, they do, yeah. So, and I think they also get money per week for every child they have, along with the 140 children down the month. Well, I, I, they get children's allowance, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but they get, yeah, but I think over here, when you get have children, you get your flat rate of 220, whatever, 230. And on top of that, you for get. Each money for each dependent child. I think there may be a payment for each dependent child. I'm not exactly sure of exactly how the payment no, works, but I imagine so. I imagine so, yes. You know. And the same, by the way, goes to 38. If you have dependent children, you'll also get a payment for them too. But so, yeah, so you, so, do you yeah. think it's too low, the, tar- the tariff? 
I do think it is. For the cost of living in this country, the 38 does seem to be a bit low. Right, okay. But having said that, with free accommodation and all the rest of it, that 230 or whatever is too high too. Right, okay. Now, somebody else you know I mean? earlier on said it's high. difficult for them to get a job because they don't speak English. But somebody else texted in, by the way, who said they were from Ukraine. I don't know how true it is. They said they're from Ukraine and they said the vast majority of people in Ukraine speak English. Yeah, I do think they do speak English. I think, I think it's, it's taught as a second language in Eastern European countries. Well, either Russian or English, yeah. European yeah. countries, yeah. yes. Yeah. But they, they would, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I don't think the government has any change, attention to changing that anyway. I think they're only doing that for to, to be seen to be doing something. Have we have we lost a bit of compassion, Belinda? Do you think? Um, I don't think we're losing compassion. I just think we're we're at a stage where we don't believe we don't we think the government has gone too overboard in what they're giving for faith. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we, I think we, we are we've bitten off more than we can chew, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. We are to go too overboard. Yeah, sorry, Morgan. What did you say? I was saying that if, uh, if if you haven't lost compassion at this stage, the person must be saintly, um, essentially. I think most people will be happy to say, listen, all you people, just go home, leave us alone. We were quite happy. Uh, well, we were happy enough before any of this happened. None of us were consulted. None of us were told what the fuck was going to happen. None of us still know what's actually happening. It would be nice if we had a government who would come out and say, listen, this is the plan for the next 10 years. This is why we're actually doing this. And uh, we would like your feedback. But no, it's just, this is happening. Be quiet, stay quiet, don't say anything, and pretend you haven't lost your compassion. Pretend you don't have a problem with anything. Um, so if you haven't lost compassion at this stage, um, I want to meet you um, because we've made yeah. in the presence of a saint. All right, listen, thank you for that, Morgan. And thank you, Belinda, for that as well. Let me just go to Patricia. Patricia, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. I've been listening all along, so I have. And yes, 38 euros is more than sufficient. I know it's a very small amount, but asylum seekers have, been living on this so they have for quite a while. The Ukraine people I put out to TDs last year and before Christmas to you, they should be means testers long before now at this stage. As I said before, the banks didn't blow up, their money didn't blow up and the transfer of their money into this country didn't blow up either so didn't at the end of the day. I'm sorry. I have the greatest compassion for the Ukraine people. There's some wonderful people that have come to this country but unfortunately they've taken full advantage of it. And one prime example of that last week is there was a Ukraine doctor stationed in a surgery here in Killarney and her husband is working. She was advertising and looking for accommodation, but she was also telling us, I have the 800 euros. Why has she 800 euros for accommodation, which is a fucking doctor, not fairness, <laughs> and her wages? My daughter is a waitress and she's paying 1200 for an apartment. I did, I did see that advertisement, actually. Somebody put up a screenshot of the advertisement to professional doctors or whatever it was um, looking at and they had the 800. Why are yeah. the government allowing 800? Well, but, well, well, the reason is, is because, and this is the point was made earlier on, Patricia, that when it comes to Ukrainian refugees or international protection, they're not means tested. Whereas if that were you or I and you're looking for accommodation from the state, you would be means tested. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So in other you words, know, if you're if you're earning sixty or seventy grand, you're not entitled to say the HAP scheme, or you're not entitled to any benefits because you're earning too much money. But it doesn't matter if you're a refugee because you're not means tested. Well, I've been calling for Ukrainians to be means tested since last year. Um, I, I would agree with you, by the way. I've said that a few times already. And I, the thing is, Leo Bracker said they can come and they can stay in a hotel or accommodation, whatever it is, regarding accommodation for three months. But the question was asked to Leo Bracker, what happens after three months when there's no accommodation out there for anyone mm-hmm. um, to move out of a hotel at the end of the day? So where are they going after the three months? And he said, I suppose they'll have to be looked after. So 
it's a farce what they're coming out with. Plus the fact we're saying 220, 238. A lot of these women came with their children, so they're earning at least 300 euros a week plus benefits after that and children's allowance and bonuses. Mm. That also has to come into consideration that has at the end of the day, Niall. I'm here in Killarney. We have the second largest amount of refugees and asylum seekers in Kerry. But here in Killarney, we have over 3,000. Some of them are working, some of them are not. But our hotels in the heart of the town are full of Ukrainians. A fair play to them. They're lovely people. And I put my hands off, so some of them are working. But saying that, we have restaurants closing down for them in the last two or three weeks. We have small shops beginning to close down because the tourists that used to be coming to those hotels are not coming to those hotels. So we're losing employment and we're losing shops and restaurants in Killarney as we speak. And the government are doing nothing whatsoever to help us out. Okay. They're helping the Ukraine people out. But there will be rights in this, in this country yet between asylum seeker versus refugees and something has to be done about it. Ireland is not full but Ireland cannot accommodate the infrastructure nor the services and I'll give you one prime example of that of my son prior to Christmas that I almost lost Niall. I'm sorry to hear that. I couldn't get through to South Talk here in Killarney if you paid me in Ireland to come over to my son. He had an operation of both his legs three days prior to this and he ran into difficulty with one leg three days afterwards. And I could not get Sautok to answer a phone to me. And I eventually phoned 999. And I had surgeons and doctors from Limerick on the phone with me as well. And the ambulance came. And they refused to take him to the regional hospital in Limerick because they'd have to take him to Tralee first. And they said to take at least three hours out of an ambulance, get him admitted, get him back out to another ambulance. And the doctors in Limerick said, no, he has to get up here ASAP. They refused to take him and an ambulance outside my door. And he shouted and screamed and his heart's content. He couldn't stick the pain, yeah, Niall. Yeah. Could not stick the pain of what was happening to him. And I said, that's not fucking pain. That's a clot. It has to be a clot. And I was told to get him on whatever means I could. I phoned the civil defence. We couldn't get an ambulance. We phoned the Knights of Malta. I couldn't get an ambulance. I got onto my counsellors. They could do nothing for me. I put him into the back of my jeep. With my daughter, I brought her out from work and I get upset now because I headed to Limerick with him in the back of my jeep flat out with his two legs because that's the way he had to go, like he would in an yeah. ambulance with nothing. And he roared and screaming in the back of that jeep. And I hit Newcastle West in the fog and I nearly crashed and I phoned the hospital and said, I'm almost here. They were waiting at the back of that door to bring him up straight to an emergency surgeon. They came on, they shook their head and they said, if you didn't come with him now, he'd lost his leg. have lost your son. Yeah. I'd have lost his leg, but I've lost him because he had clots and they were shocking his heart, but they were also stopping the blood flow. Wow. So we have no services now and our government are doing nothing and they're doing nothing for the whole no, I, country. I don't know. I, don't know. And I'm, I was only looking at the waiting list the other day. The waiting lists now have gone up to 1.4 million. It was 1.2 there recently. At the end of the day, but they're not providing any services to back up anything high up or low down. And why wouldn't we be cross? Why wouldn't we no, be? No, you're, and you are right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm brushed for time. And Patricia, I hope you're. I hope he's okay now. By the way, how is he now? He's getting there. He's getting okay, there. Okay, okay, okay. He, he is getting there. But he has two operations after that because he couldn't close his leg. But I'm saying is we couldn't get. I couldn't get south out. I couldn't get a doctor even in the town. No, I know. You, you can't keep piling people into towns and villages all over the country when there's no services there for the people. And currently the services are already bad. Um, you can't just keep making it worse. And I understand that, Patricia. I think everybody understands that. Thank you for that, Patricia. Let me just go to Nicholas. Nicholas, hi, how are you? Okay. Go ahead, Nicholas. Hello, Niall. Hello. Uh, hi, thanks for having me on. 
Um, just briefly on your question of compassion, I think that there's two parts to your question. One is financial, one is compassion. I think the Irish people have an abundance of compassion, but it's a finite resource, you know, yeah. and it is being worn out. And with regards to the uh, payment, uh, I don't think there should be any financial incentive. I'm talking about Ukrainians in particular here now because they're being provided with healthcare housing, education, and all of those other supplementary things, and that they should be allowed to work. Uh, if you know, well, they are allowed. Say, they are allowed to work. Well, up, up, well, what I'm saying is no financial incentive above the supplements they're already provided yeah. with. But you say allowed to earn up to two fifty, and then after that, it's assessed if yeah. they're earning more than two fifty a week. Um, I do think it's a it's a kind of a, a divisive measure again because here we have everyone on here, you know, arguing different points and so on. Um, I, I'd love to know if Carl Dieter, for example, would knows if there was any real sort of fiscal or financial assessment done about our capacity to take, uh, uh, you know, refugees and so on. Um, with regard to the other group of refugees, I, I think people who have come into this country without documentation should be, they should be uh, deported immediately because it's, it's breaking our law and our government are are assisting in the in the breaking of our laws. Well, it just seems, it seems we've abandoned all immigration laws. Oh, abandoned, yeah. I mean, it, I mean it the, fact that Leo, the fact that Leo Varanka said last week we don't have open borders is a complete and utter myth because we do it's have open free borders. For all. It's There's, a free-for-all. No, well, you, you can come from any part of the world into Ireland, throw your passport mm-hmm. away as you get here and walk into the mm-hmm. country and claim asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, so, I, think uh, I, I, I totally agree with that. And as I say, um, there's no shortage of compassion with with Irish people. Um, uh, their patience is running out, <laughs> yeah. and I think there's a lot of silent people who who would agree with most of the people who are speaking here, including Maliki as well. But they're just afraid to speak out, afraid of being, you know, uh, demonised yeah. as, as whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I think uh, definitely I would differentiate between the Ukrainians. I think you know they are fleeing a war. I mean, uh, and I think there should be a strict repatriation once Russia and and uh, Ukraine have a peace agreement. Um, but if, I, like, if they ever have a peace agreement, they will never have a peace agreement as long as Zelensky is the president. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Zelensky. Uh, well, as long as Putin and Zelensky are there, they're, I mean, they're, uh, to be honest yeah. with you, Putin's uh, he, a clearly be, a dictator. Zelensky's a to, hero, you know, allegedly. Uh, he'll be heading off to Florida once the shit. Yeah, but doesn't he only he owns a massive property in Florida, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 So, but I mean, I, I, I also, I, I do think um, uh, seriously though that that there should be a strict repatriation within six months of the peace being agreed between them. Um, you know, and I, I just think, like, I, I, I flew to Warsaw last April, and uh, I was, you know, I was reliably told that 80, 80 plus percent of the people on the flight were Ukrainian, flying back into Poland. Mm-hmm. For a break from Ireland, you know, from terrible Ireland, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, you know, I think there's some realities that have to be faced here, and we need to be brave to speak out and to speak uh, without prejudice and without lack of compassion. There's no lack of compassion, but speaking openly and, you know, calling a spade a spade to say, you know. Uh, well, that's, that's what they call open discourse, isn't it, Nicholas? And you were part of it today, uh, Nicholas. Thank you very much indeed. I've got to go to one final caller, Jackie. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Jackie, uh, you're the final caller today, so I'll ask you the two oh, questions oh I've been God. asking everybody. Um, have, okay. have we lost compassion and is 3850 too little? Yeah, okay. So uh, just not to answer that directly, I was 
listening to the debate this morning on the Oireachtas uh, Committee in relation uh, Heather Humphries. Heather Humphries, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so we're going to end up with um, a three-tier system uh, very shortly, and if this legislation goes through. So it means that someone coming in from uh, the Ukraine has to come, possibly come into one of these centres that they're going to magically find. The si- now, oh, these so are the, the six centres they're going to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they magically find, and they will be on the reduced amount. Okay. Now, suppose and then you have another person comes in and doesn't go to one of these centres and then goes and uh, registers or whatever, they will get the full amount. And this was what was being debated. There was what? The, that doesn't yeah. even make any sense. Because firstly, the magic yeah, centres yeah. are not open. Uh, they don't exist yes. yet. And this is supposed yeah. to be coming in the start of February. They're not going to be able to yeah. build six large reception centres that are capable of holding uh, 400 no. to 800 people per, per centre. They're not going to be able to do that in two weeks. No. And, and, and there was a question then asked by another TD uh, was how many came in, say, for example, last week? And it was 500. That's right, yeah. Roughly 500 a week. Yeah. yeah. Now, so what, and this is what this particular, I'm trying to think of the guy's name now, and he was, he went at um, uh, Minister Humphreys in a big way over this to say that, so this whole legislation uh, all hinges on these centres. So that if, if they go into the centre, well, then they will be on the reduced amount because they're getting their board and, and, and all their laundry yeah. and stuff like yeah. that done. Okay. But if they do not go into those centres, which naturally enough <laughs> to be advised not to, they will be on the full amount. Why do we have to make everything so complicated? You know what I mean? You see... It's ticking boxes, and it's what uh, Minister Humphreys was saying. So, in other words, what you're saying is, is if they don't go into the new rece- the new allocated reception centres and just go straight to I-Pass, um, yeah, and that's in the city centre, wherever it is. There's a few of them around the country. There's one in the airport as well. They get the full. They still, they're still going to get the full amount. Yeah. Well, just, well, and, and, well, and, and, so why are we giving two hundred and thirty quid to everybody, or two hundred twenty quid to everybody, when most European countries are and actually the, we're the highest. And um, the next to us is like a hundred across Europe, so we're we're double what the other low or the, their highest country is. I I was reading some countries, right? They give them a hundred quid or whatever it is payment, and they say, "There yeah. you go, you're on your own. See you now, bye. Don't come back to us." That's all they get. Yeah, they don't give them. I, and I, a lot of countries don't give accommodation. We're providing them with accommodation. We're providing them with healthcare, with education, with everything. But here is here is we can't keep one. doing that. Yeah. The elephant in the room here is now, if you just think about this. So someone comes in and they have a choice. They either go to the, the, the centre or not and end up on a reduced amount or they go looking for rental accommodation. Mm. So what's that going to do? That's going to, where they're going in, where other people that are trying to get accommodation, they will be first in line. Naturally enough, if you're renting your room out, you're going to take in the Ukrainian quicker than you'll take in your average Irish fella or woman. Mm. So it's what what the 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 um what one of the guys was saying in the in the Oireachtas committee was that this is going to put a huge huge uh, demand on the rental properties that are there. 
it's you know it's going to actually overpower the whole thing because naturally enough they're going to go looking for accommodation that type yeah. of accommodation yeah yeah and then the ninety days. Uh, they're they're trying to put in a, a that's a right. Where, yeah, you only get ninety yeah. days accommodation after that. Allegedly, you're on your own, but I can't see that happening. Are they going to put them out in the street? No, no, no. That's yeah. not 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 going to happen. happen. So it's it's all up in a heap. That that. No, I I, I think to be honest with you, it's all a load of shite. I think it was just optics. Before Christmas, they thought they better do something to make the Irish people smile yeah. again, and and that's all it was. And it's nothing more than that. They're discussing it today in the Roctus. They'll, they'll come to the conclusion that it's never going to work and they won't, bo- they won't bother doing it. And, and no. they'll go ahead and build these six centres, um, obviously. And the, what I'm thinking to myself is, why are we building six large centres that'll hold six to 800 people or 800 people each? You know, are we expecting thousands and thousands more? You know, is, is there not a point where you say, enough? The Department of Children and, and uh, Integration and all the above, they don't know where those centres are going to be yet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when, when would this be in place? Sure, it's not, you're not, it won't be by the end of this year. No, no, it won't. Not a hope, like. So it is optics, it's box, t- box ticks and uh, ticking exercise. And uh, I think what I was listening today from from the, uh, the Oireachtas Committee, that's all it is. And, and I think... Uh, Heather Humphrey was was put in there to try and just say, well, look, at I'm I'm only giving out the money. It's up to the Department yeah. of Children and all the above. To, to make the rules, do, yeah. Yeah, but they're working hard on it. They're really working hard. That's what Surely. you were saying. I'm sure they Fairness. are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, Jackie, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm glad you were watching Oroctus TV. Surely you can do something better with your life. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I, I, was, I was actually listening to it because uh, uh, I was go- on, on route to Limerick and, and I, I had it on, I don't know, by accident, but I was listening, you know, where you can listen online. I'd rather gouge my ears out. But, but yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks, I know, Jackie. I know, Appreciate I it. Thank you for coming okay. on and explaining that to us. Thanks okay. very much indeed. Seriously. All right. Now, by the way, uh, just some of your comments that are coming in. Oh, where's the comments come? A lot of Brazilian students come here with very little English, but always find employment. When uh, needs must, people find ways. We are killing worth work ethic in this social state. My girlfriend is Brazilian, and her and her family are shocked at what Irish people consider are being disadvantaged. Love the topics like uh, today's, by the way. Uh, that comes from JKMY. And, and that's what he had. That's a very interesting point. Because people do come here all the time with very little English. You pick it up fairly quickly once you're living in the land, so to speak. And they manage to get jobs. So this idea that you can't get a job because you don't speak the language. And I, again, I say that most Ukrainians do speak English, by the way. Trish says, uh, remember who to vote for next time. Where is the money coming from? It's our tax on everything. Our wages, our homes, our property taxes, while our own suffer. As you're not allowed to say that anymore. Our own. If even the, our own is probably even racist just to say that. Because they go, who's our own? Anyway, uh, Danny Floyd says, sure, we're not made of money. Anita says, ah, they should keep giving it out and double it. If they can't take it off us and continue to leave our own people die on the streets from the cold. Obviously being cynical. Christopher says, we should be sending the vast majority home. Not all fled from affected areas. A lot of people saying that. A lot of people saying the Ukrainians taking the piss because they're going home. They're not all going home, now, to be fair. But some are. And by the way, the ones that go home on holidays, I believe shouldn't be allowed back in again. If you, go, if you think it's safe to go back to a war-torn country on your holidays... Well, then clearly wherever you're going is reasonably safe because you wouldn't be going there if it wasn't. 
two weeks at Christmas, go home to see the dentist, go home to see a doctor, whatever it is, you know, and then fly back again because you've got the accommodation here in Ireland and they're giving you money for nothing. Come on. We're being taken for fools at this stage by some people. Not all. Some are genuinely fleeing, obviously, you know, their town is being blown to bits or whatever. Thomas says, it's about time the government has copped on uh, on the Ukrainians taking the piss out of the Irish taxpayers. Okay, not all. Again, Michael Walsh, by the way, says, compassion, like tolerance, is a false virtue. When you think about it, I don't really think people, it kind of sinks in how much money we're spending. As I said, there was an article in July in the paper, and the headline was, there it is there, because I haven't printed it out. You can see that. There you go. Irish government set aside 5.5 billion for supporting Ukrainian refugees. I read out the figures earlier on that were handing out in social welfare payments in all different departments to people. People are deserving of money if we need to help them. But people are not deserving of money if they're taking the piss out of the Irish taxpayer. But I don't blame them. Because if the piss is to be taken and it's available to be taken, well, people are going to do it. That's what people do all the time. If we're willing to allow people to walk into a country, and we're not talking about Ukrainians now seeking international protection, with no documentation, illegally into Ireland, with no documentation, no passport, and we're willing to let them do that, or if they come in the back of a truck and we let them run away and there's no questions asked, if we're willing to let that happen, we have nobody to blame but ourselves and the Irish government. The Irish government have been reckless when it comes to immigration in this country. Completely and utterly reckless. Nobody is suggesting that we shouldn't have a diverse community in society. We welcome people from all over the world on a regular basis who work in all our services in our country, in our hospitals, in our hospitality industries. Without them, we'd be doomed. Let's be clear about it. We need workers. We need people. All the multinational companies who spend and make a lot of money and pay a lot of taxes in this country. We need a diverse society. The Irish population, by the way, our birth rate is very low. It's 1.7 children which is below population replacement. So if we didn't have people coming into the country, we wouldn't have enough money for the pensions of the future. In saying that, we need to be careful how we do it. So the idea that the government think that somebody like me is an extreme right wing because I express that view is absolute and utter bollocks. Let's be clear about it. Because it's not an extreme right wing view. It's a logical view. I believe that somebody comes here, say, from the Philippines and wants to be a nurse or a hospital. Absolutely, there's a visa process. You go through a process, you apply and you work. That's the way it works. Even if you're coming from the European Union. There's no free pass, by the way. Just because you're in the European Union, you must actually work in the country that you go to. That was the whole idea of the EU, was to allow people free movement to travel to work in any other country, not to sit on your hole on the dole or not to keep taking money constantly off the Irish taxpayer. When it comes to people seeking international protection, they should not be allowed through the airport or any other port in this country unless they have documentation or a very good reason why they haven't got documentation. They should be kept in the airport, the same as any other country in the world. They should be asked questions and a decision made there and then if we deem that they are a genuine asylum seeker who are genuinely fleeing a war, not coming from Albania or Georgia or coming here because it's a better life like the Egyptian lad on the telly last week who said he was told it was a nice place to come and he paid 10 grand to some trafficker to bring him here. That's not a reason to seek international protection, by the way. He is not a qualified asylum seeker, but he's still here and he won't be sent home. They should be kept at the airport. We make a decision. 
Are they genuine? Yes, bring them in, give them as much help as possible. If they're not genuine, send them back on the next plane. I don't care what it costs because it'll cost us a lot more in the long term. People should also have criminal records checked. According to Leo Varadka, everybody's having their criminal records checked. Yet Grip Media were easily able to find out that the Garda Shea indeed, the department didn't actually make any inquiries on fingerprint inquiries from all the usual databases. So somebody is telling lies. We need to fix the problem. The government need to fix the problem because what they're continuing to do is reckless. It's reckless to the Irish economy. It's reckless to the safety of the Irish people. It's reckless in every single way that you could possibly think of. And that doesn't mean that the Irish people are racist or anything or right wing. Irish people just want this done properly. We accept that people are coming to the country, but we want it done properly. We want to be safe in our own country. Remember, Irish people come first. That is the duty of the government. Anything, anything past that, by the way, is great if we can do that. But the Irish come first. Don't forget, by the way, if you want to support the show, you can. You can go to our website. You can subscribe. You can download the videos from all the shows we've done, including the interview we did with Michael Walsh, with Jackie Fox on Monday. Michael Walsh yesterday about Donald Trump. We're doing another interview later on today. Um, from the An interview with the psychopath life coach. By the way, you might have watched the documentary on Netflix. We'll be interviewing Lewis Raymond Taylor a little bit later on, and I will put that up on the website. The only way to get that or to watch that particular video is by subscribing on the website. So a lot of the stuff that we do, we don't put out live every day. We put it up on the website. And if you subscribe, $5.99 a month, uh, plus tax, and basically you're just paying for the three of us here, okay? We don't get paid. So you're paying for all the expenses it costs to do this. So we really appreciate if you could support us because we continue to provide this platform every day for you to have your opinions. Please help us to do that. You can do it if you can't afford to subscribe. You can donate on a one-off payment. Go to the website now if you can. I know it's January; times are tough, but believe me, it's tough for us too. We're not getting paid. We all have our own jobs, as you well know. So please try and support us to at least try and pay the cost so we can continue to do this because we love doing it and we want to do it and we want to make it bigger and we want to make it better. And I did tell you we had a plan. I'm not going to tell you about the plan because I don't want to tip off other people. But the plan will put this show into every home and make sure it's heard everywhere and make sure your opinions are heard everywhere. Not mine, yours. So please help us put that plan into action because it costs money. We don't advertise on the show during the day, as you can see. It's free of charge. You're watching it now and you're not paying for it. So please support us. Go to the website, nileboylan.com. Do it now. Fiverr, a tenner on a donation or subscribe monthly for five ninety nine. Thank you very much indeed. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Same time, 12 o'clock. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085 100 2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.